morning, everybody. How are we doing this morning? It's good to see you in God's house today. And uh, just a few announcements that I, uh, that I wanted to share. I wanted to thank uh, Pastor Franklin and Marcy for helping out on Monday when we hosted the, um, the concert here. Needless to say, you know, like we, we expected, um, their location over at the park was rained out. So they had their concert here. And we, uh, we were able to, uh, to host them here. I think there was about maybe 50 people that, that came for the concert. So that was, that was nice. And some of them hadn't been here in quite a long time. I think the, the guy who, who opened for Will Evans um, actually came when we used to have the Harvest Festival here. He mentioned that he, was, he had been to the church before. Of course, he called it a haunted house, but it wasn't quite haunted. <laughs> Maybe it was haunting him, but I don't know. But um, it was nice that we could uh, open up our doors for the community for that event. So that, uh, that was a nice thing to do. And then just a few announcements. In a couple weeks, uh, Morse Camp will, will have their, uh, their week and a half or so uh, that they do. West Shazy Camp wrapped up um, last week. So that was um, always, always a nice opportunity to, to go and drop in or, or I don't know if any of you camp there. But uh, just a nice, nice opportunity to be around other believers. Um, we also thank you for your tithes and offerings. Uh, we couldn't do what we do here without your generous and faithful support. So we appreciate that. And um, if you're not aware, we do have drop boxes by uh, each of the doors. So we encourage you to either drop it in there or there are online opportunities that you can do as well. So that is about all we have for announcements today, and Martha is going to bring the word to us, and then Paul will bring the message. Thank you. Good morning. Um, this morning I'm reading from Matthew chapter 26 verses 6 through 13. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Well, good morning. I know it's always dangerous when a pastor spreads his picnic lunch cloth here. Someone would say, oh, it's going to be a long one. Thank you, Franklin. 
I was thinking as the worship team sang, Savior, you can move the mountains. When my wife and I were coming up 374 uh, out of Chateauguay up here, we saw where he had literally moved the mountains. <laughs> wow, those valleys where it had washed out the road, many different places was a reminder. You folk got a lot of rain back in Ogdensburg. Our ground's so dry you can hardly hammer a wooden stake into it. But I am thankful that we got here today and we're able to worship with you. Did you ever break something? One of our sons, Cass, only discovered that it worked better after it was broken than before. This cast comes out of our memory box. It's our son Jim's cast. Uh, one night during a microburst uh, back in Hubleton where we were pastoring, he wanted to ride his bike around after the storm. I gave him permission to see the damage in town and he fell on the intersection and broke his arm and uh, took him to the ER and uh, you know, they said it swelled too much, has to be cast the next day, and they, my wife took him, my wife sitting back here, took him to the doctor while I went to work, and the uh, doctor said, uh, it's not right, has to be rebroken. And he got up on the table and snapped it. My poor wife just about did her in. Being broken hurts, doesn't it? But this morning's message is entitled, Broken for a Reason. Robert Murray McShane, a young pastor from yesteryear, I love to read about his life, died very young, said the first prerequisite for those who truly thirst for spiritual renewal and revival is a state of spiritual brokenness. I asked you, my fellow travelers through life, have you ever been through a time of brokenness in your life? Or maybe in recent years? We go through those periods. Recently, my wife and I were through a time when our hearts broke. The gospel we read from Matthew 16, I'm just going to refer to here in Mark, or Matthew 26, I'm going to refer to in Mark chapter 14. And notice these words again, while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon, who had a serious skin disease, he was reclining at the table. It was usually a small table they sat at, and when it says reclining, they sat down with like their elbows in the table with their feet behind them, so his head would have been pretty low to the ground. A woman came with an alabaster jar of pure and expensive fragrant oil of nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. But some were expressing indignation to one another. You know what indignation is? I use a simple uh, country term. They were spitting mad. Why has this fragrant oil been wasted? For this oil might have been sold for more than 300 denarii 
a year's wages, by the way, and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. As I understand from reading more about the alabaster boxes of pure nard, a woman uh, was given this to use on her honeymoon. Right after she was married, to smell pretty and nice for her husband, it was a treasured gift. But John's Gospel tells us this woman was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, and Martha. She was so overcome with her love for Jesus that she came and broke the jar. When my wife and I were heading up the DBMD in our district and the committee would meet and interview men and women for ordination, former pastor Reverend Jeff Turcott was on that committee with us. One of the questions that I learned to ask the common, uh, the Uh, candidates for ordination was, where has the Lord broken you recently? And it's often as we hear stories of brokenness, we know God really has a chance to remake and remold a life. What's your brokenness story. We've all had ones. We've all had our times. Pastor Mark Wilson from Wisconsin was preaching on brokenness and he used Psalm 147 verse 3. This was a tile that we put in a yard sale two weeks ago and it didn't sell. So I brought this 25 size sent tile with me. Mark preached on one of my favorite verses, Psalm 147, verse 3. I used this as my key verse at the psychiatric center for, key, for 20 years. Psalm 147, verse 3 says, He heals the broken in heart, and He binds up their wounds. And that's what God specializes in, binding up people's wounds. And he said he put the tile on the floor and he said, we've been broken. Have you ever really been disappointed in your life? A disappointment hit you hard. And sometimes we're broken by grief. Someone just reminded me of their family member dying recently. Sometimes we're broken by rejection, sin, suffering, wham, 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 divorce. And sometimes that's what our life feels like. May I remind you, God uses broken things. First, I notice in the scripture today from Mark 14, I notice Jesus came to the house of a broken man. 
Simon had had leprosy. But Bible scholars tend to think he was one of the lepers Jesus healed, and now he's in the home. You know, Jesus welcomes broken people. And it was when Mary broke her beautiful alabaster jar, rendering it useless, that the pent-up perfume filled the whole house. God used that jar more after it was broken than when it was whole. God God uses for his glory those people and things which are most perfectly broken. It was through the breaking down of Jacob's strength at Peniel, remember where he wrestled with a man of God when he was on his way back to meet Esau? That God broke through with spiritual power and says, your name is no longer Jacob, it will be called Israel. It was after the 300 elect soldiers under Gideon broke their pitchers, a type of breaking themselves, that their hidden light shone for the consternation of their adversaries. It was when Esther risked her life and broke through the rigid etiquette of the heathen court that she obtained favor to rescue her people from death. And it was when Jesus took the five loaves and two fishes and broke them that the bread and the fish was multiplied, and in that very breaking, they became sufficient to feed over 5,000 men besides women and children. God uses broken things. It's part of life. Disappointment, hurt, betrayal, frustration, And that's what life looks like to us. I remember when I was enrolled in Bible college at uh, United Wesleyan College, I entered my first year as a freshman. I had a girlfriend from our youth group. Her name was Kathy. And um, we had a wonderful relationship, kept our relationship pure. And the more I went in my freshman year and then my sophomore year, we began to talk about marriage. Wonderful Christian girl. And then one night in my freshman year, or sophomore year, when I went to say goodnight to Kathy and kiss her goodbye at the door, that's where her mom says, I know you're going to kiss goodbye, just do it at my door. So that's where we did. She pushed me away and said, I have to break up with you. I was just totally floored. First words that popped out of my mouth was, is there someone else? She said, no, Paul, there's no one else. I said, don't you love me anymore? She said, that's the problem. I do love you. I said, then why are you breaking up with me? She said, I can't be a pastor's wife. And I 
gently argued back and forth, yes, you will, no, I won't, yes, you will, no, I won't. Finally, she threw up her hands and said, anyone would make a better pastor's wife than I was. She mentioned a name to me. I left and went home, and for about four months, I was down in the dumps. God lets our heart break sometimes, and our life seems shattered to pieces. But I believe God is still the master. And he can take the broken pieces of our lives and use it in a way that far exceeds anything we could ask or think. God uses broken people. My Aunt Irene was broken in health. She had lung cancer, never smoked a day in her life. And she fought it for years, and finally the doctor said, if you want to do anything before you die, do it now. And she wanted to take a trip with my mom and dad to Michigan and fish with my brother-in-law, Max. Max was fun-loving and loved to fish, but he was a backslider. He was away from God for 20 years. She fished with him for one week, came home, died. Max called me and said, Paul, if there was one genuine Christian, it was your aunt. And a few weeks after fishing with that broken lady, he got saved again. The second thing is God must have broken things. She brought the alabaster jar and broke it and poured the perfume on his body. Jesus said she did it beforehand uh, to prepare me for burial. Do you know what Mary was? I want to be like Mary. She was someone who soaked in Jesus' word. The disciples, Jesus told them, I'm going to be betrayed Uh, I'm going to be arrested by the religious leaders. Uh, I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be crucified. And you know what? It went in one ear and out the other. But Mary listened. So she came and brought that precious alabaster jar and broke it and poured it on Jesus. It had to be done before him. Others came to anoint him at the tomb, and he was gone. But Mary had done the right thing, what her heart had led her to do, and she broke the jar and used it for God's glory. God must have broken people. And sometimes the more broken they are, the greater God uses their story. I was reading recently about the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul was saying, you know, about how some servants and some preachers in that time claimed to be great. Paul said, are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman, he says. I am a better one with far more labors, many more imprisonments, far more beatings, near death many times. Five times I received 39 lashes from the Jews. 
with a whip like Jesus was whipped. Three times I was beaten with rods by the Romans. Once I was stoned by my enemies. Three times I was shipwrecked. He was in dangers of rivers and robbers and his own countrymen and the Gentiles and dangers at sea, labor and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and lacking clothing. Remember chapter 12 said he had a thorn in the flesh. Many think it was bad eyesight. And Paul prayed three times that God might take it away. Remember? And what did God say? No. You see, my strength is made perfect in weakness. And you know what? God used that Apostle Paul who was broken in health and had been through so many hardships, and he wrote 13 books of our New Testament. It was when Jesus allowed his precious body to be broken to pieces by the thorns and the nails and the spear that his inner life and blood was poured out like a crystal ocean for thirsty sinners to drink and live. It was when a beautiful grain of corn is broken up in the earth by death that its inner life sprouts forth and bears hundreds of other grains. And thus on and on through history and biology and all vegetation and all spiritual life, God must have broken things. One of my favorite authors, I have a lot of books. You can see this is the one I've used the most, Secret Strength by Johnny Erickson Tata, who was broken at age 16, paralyzed from the neck down, And Johnny Erickson has gone on front of this book, shows her painting with a brush in her mouth. She has her own radio broadcast, sings the gospel beautifully, has traveled around the world giving out wheelchairs. God used her far more after she was broken in body than before. What do we do when we're broken? I believe we need to come to Jesus with our brokenness. The third point is this, God accepts broken things. Verse 8 back in our text says this, when the Disciples and Judas started complaining about the waste. Jesus said she has done what she could. She has done a beautiful thing to me. She did it to anoint my body for burial. Wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I want to pause here to say, to those who sing in the worship team, and I really enjoyed worship this morning, to those who teach Sunday school in our junior church, and some are there right now, maybe others can sing or drum or others can preach, I know better than me, but no one can preach a better gospel. No one can sing a better gospel 
No one can tell the children a better gospel. Even though our lives may be broken in some ways and we have physical problems, we tell of a great Savior who makes people whole. I remember in, in my lifetime sitting in junior church, sitting in Sunday school, and they used to have those posters. They were about this wide, about this tall, and they were different pictures of New Testament stories or of Jesus. And I remember one poster. I don't know if ever, anyone ever saw this. It was a picture of Jesus with modern-day children bringing broken things to him. A broken doll. A broken wooden airplane. For some reason, that picture really struck me, even as a child. And, and it hit me. Jesus was accepting those broken things. For about four months after Kathy broke up with me, and, and she just didn't receive any contact. I was heartbroken, and one morning I got in my bedroom and shut the door, and I knew I had to bring my brokenness to Jesus. I knelt aside of my bed. I could even tell you which way the bed was facing in that farmhouse bedroom I grew up in. I knelt and surrendered Kathy to Jesus, say, Lord, I, I surrender to you. I will not pursue trying to date her anymore. I just want her to be a Christian, want her to walk with you, want her to marry someone who's a Christian, I surrender to you. I brought my brokenness to Jesus. The next morning, I went to church, a new young man in church. Kathy got her eyes on and started dating. And they were married. Wonderful Christian young man. God accepts broken things. The Savior accepts broken things and broken people, those who are broken in wealth and broken in self-will and broken in their ambitions, those who are oft-times broken in health and those who have broken dreams and broken hearts and broken plans. Psalm 51, 17, David said this, the sacrifices God accepts our broken and contrite hearts. When we come to Christ broken and submissive to him, he can do more with our brokenness than we can imagine. Some complain, why was this waste allowed in my life? But God often will take the greatest pain in our lives and turn it into the greatest point of ministry to others if we'll let him. Oh, if only we'll bring our brokenness to God and leave it at his feet. I don't know about you, but I know a human tendency is we tend to hang on to our brokenness and keep hurting and keep feeling sorry about it. And if only this one would have happened. Doesn't do any good. 
but that's what some tend to do. This poem struck me one day. It's entitled, Let Go and Let God. And just the nature of it struck me because this is what humans tend to do. Poem goes like this. As children bring their broken toys with tears to us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But then instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help in ways that were my own. At last I snatched him back and cried, how could you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Finally, in that bedroom, on that Sunday morning, or Saturday, I let go, and God began to answer prayer Sunday, and Kathy started dating another Christian. God is waiting to take hold of our failures and our nothingness and shine through them. Psalm 147 says, He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. Mark Wilson, who gave me the example of breaking a tile in his book, uh, Purple Fish, A Heart for Sharing Jesus, said when he broke this tile in his message, a lady named Joan came up on the platform and gathered him up, and worked behind him on the platform while he was preaching and made a beautiful masterpiece of the broken pieces. When Joan started to bring it out to show the others, there were tears running down her cheeks, a reminder of how God had healed so much brokenness in her own life. And then she she turned it around and revealed it to that Wisconsin Wesleyan congregation. And Mark said, almost everyone said, that's me. That's, that reminds me of me. And it hangs in that Wesleyan church in Wisconsin as a reminder today in the vestibule that God wants to pick up the broken pieces of our lives and make a masterpiece out of them. But we have to let him do it and not try to do it on our own. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Now I... I don't have an artistic bone in my body. I can't make a masterpiece out of this. Any artist here is welcome to do something with it and show it when I preach next month. But I want to tell you, when we bring our brokenness to Jesus, he can do something far more than we can ever dream.
Well, I should tell you the end of my brokenness story. When Kathy threw up her hands and said, anyone would make a better pastor's wife than I would, take, take Diana Fields, for example. Diana Fields is sitting right back there. <laughs> Diana Fields Detmer. Kathy died last year from cancer. And when we got the news, I just sat alone for a minute. And said, oh God, thank you for what you saw that I didn't see. Thank you that you can take our broken hearts and the broken pieces and make something beautiful out of them. As the worship team sings and as we worship in song, if the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart and you want to just bring your broken pieces to the Lord, we don't have an altar railing, but I love when Pastor Franklin sits here and just talks from his heart. Some kneel here. Some can sit. But if the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart and you want to just, it, it, it doesn't take long to give him the broken pieces. But we just give them to him and say, Lord, begin to make my life what only you can do. Thank you, worship team. You know, I was standing back there looking at these broken pieces and I thought of just like that little rock that David slung and God used to defeat Goliath. Sometimes a broken piece can remind us that God is the master. Jesus can mend our lives and I'm going to read a poem instead of pray a benediction today. I've used it at the end of this message different times. And if you want to come up here and get one of these broken pieces, someone wants to make some out of it, that's all right, but there's enough scattered pieces here. That God make my life beautiful in your sight. You're the master. This poem is called The Mender. My Savior specializes in mending broken things. He takes the hearts that's shattered and gives it songs to sing. He pieces it together with his sweet and gracious touch. He mends the heart that's broken because he loves so much. He mends the broken spirit that then lifts us up again and pours the oil of gladness into the upturned cup. The broken lives he reshapes, those lives so wrecked by sin, and when in their crushed condition they turn in faith to him. The broken dreams that crumble to ashes at our feet, that seem so fair and lovely, that made life taste more sweet. 
Those broken dreams he rebuilds and fashions them anew, then gives us faith to trust him, to see new dreams come true. What of the broken plans then, the broken health that comes? Is he not ever mindful when life's swift pendulum dashes to scattered pieces the plans that we have made? Above it all, he whispers, I shall come to your aid. He restores the broken spirits, binds broken hearts and dreams, repairs the shattered pages, our lives that he redeems. He stands ready to help us no matter what life brings because he specializes. Jesus specializes in healing broken things. I believe the healer is here this morning. The precious presence of Christ's invisible presence in the Holy Spirit. And he wants to remind us he can do more with brokenness <laughs> than we can ever dream. God bless you. Have a great Lord's Day. Thank you.